Alhamdulillah wa kafa wa salamun ala ibadihi alladhina istafa amma ba'd. Hamd lillah minash shaitanir rajeem bismillahir rahmanir rahim. Yawma la yanfa'u ma'un wa la banun illa man atallahu bi'qalbin salim. Subhanallahi Remember that day. Prepare for that day. Live every day of your life in this world for the sake of that day. Every moment of your life always be in anticipation and preparation of that day. Which day? La yanfa'umal. That will be a day in which no money, none of your wealth, none of your possessions, none of your property will be of any benefit to you at all. Wala Banun and your sons, your children, means your worldly relations will be of no benefit to you at all. Illa man salim. The only person who will be accepted by Allah SWT on that day, forgiven by Allah SWT on that day, admitted into Jannah by Allah SWT on that day, man, any and every such person, atallaha, who brings to Allah SWT bin salim a pure heart. Qalbun Salim. Allah Ta'ala used two words to explain the entire crux, the asl, the lub, the hasil of the Day of Judgment is that we have to bring to Allah SWT a pure heart. Now there are two ways to have a pure heart. Either the heart is kept pure, that is called taqwa, or the heart is made pure, that is called tawbah. Either we protect it from the impurity of sin due to fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that is called taqwa. Or if we ended up making a mistake and falling into sin, then we have to purify that heart, make it pure again, that is called tawbah. Now, what is the color? This is also a strange thing that many Muslims don't even realize. This most important thing that we have, what will determine our success on the Day of Judgment, many Muslims don't even know what a qalb is. Many don't even know that word. So if we're not even aware that we have a qalb, how in the world are we going to make sure that qalb is saleen? What is qalb? Qalb means heart. It doesn't mean physical heart. Just like our body has our heart, has a heart that the cardiologist studies, that pumps blood, our ruh, which is in our batin, inside of us, our ruh has a heart. And that is called qalb. So qalb in English would mean spiritual heart. Nothing to do with the physical heart. It may be that a pious believer may die of heart disease, may have a very rotten physical heart. But he has taqwa, he will go to Jannah. It may be a person who did a lot of sins, and has disbelief, but has a wonderful heart, physical heart, even they may cut his heart out and use it in heart transplant operation after he dies, but that person will still go to Jahannam. So this is, Allah is not talking about physical heart, 
قوم means spiritual heart. And if the whole decision on day of judgment is going to be based on the spiritual heart, and most Muslims aren't even aware of their spiritual heart, what's our level of preparation for this question? Don't even know we have a kalb. Don't even know where is the kalb. Don't even know how to make it silly. Understand this, that Allah SWT has given us three things in addition to our body. One is called our aql, second is called our nafs, and third is called qalb. Aql is where you think, khalat, afkar, our thoughts. It's the place where we think, different thoughts, it can be good thoughts, bad thoughts, all thoughts come from the aql. Nafs is the place of our desires, khayshat our passions, our desires. And qalb is the place of jazbat, ahwal, our feelings and emotions. Aql is thoughts, nafs is desires, and qalb, spiritual heart, is emotions. Now, a person has three choices of what lifestyle they want. Some people, they choose to make the aql the imam of their life. Whatever they think, they will do it. So they will inevitably have to find some type of, if they're more strong in their akal, they will try to find some ideology, some thought, and they will give their life to them. So for example, in the 70s, there were many Muslim students who used to go to Soviet Union for education, but they ended up getting confused and deluded by communism and Marxism, and then they became communist. And then their whole rest of their life, unless Allah Ta'ala gave them tawfiq to make tawbah, was chasing this ugly concept of communism. So aql became the imam of their life. Some people it may be secularism, some people it may be modernism, but aql becomes the imam of their life. Another option is to make the nafs the imam of one's life. That whatever I desire, I will do it. I will fulfill my desires. This is another way of life. And a lot of people in Western countries have chosen this life. That doesn't mean they're bad people. They're nice people. They work. They're kind. They help others. But at night, they just follow their nafs. I'll give you an example. I was born and raised in Manhattan, New York City. I can tell you there are many wonderful people who live in that city. But if you walk on the streets of Manhattan on Friday night or Saturday night, you will see what I'm trying to explain to you. And you may, must be able to see it here also. People who have made the nafs the imam of their life. Strange. Educated people. The same ones who would wear suit and tie and go to Wall Street and make millions of dollars. On Friday night, Saturday night, walking around like drunken animals. Allah Akbar. Why? <laughs> because they made the nafs the imam of their life. Dancing and raving and clubbing and drinking and zina. That's what they do on evenings and weekends. They earn to do this. <laughs> They're earning to do this. <laughs> Make the nafs the imam of their life. Allah talks about this in Quran. Aren't you not gaze in astonishment? Are you not confounded? Aren't you in amazement at that person who has made their nafs? Hawa is like nafs, their desires, whims. Their ilah, their god, that's what I mean, imam of life. They have made following their desires their god. 
In fact, they have a statement in English, he's a slave of his desires. They were supposed to be Ibadullah, slaves of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They became slaves of their own desires. Whatever their desire wants, they do it. They can stay up all night, it's amazing. They have the ability to party till 2 a.m., 3 a.m., 4 a.m. On Friday, even though they were working Friday from 9 a.m. all the way to 6, 7 p.m., they worked all day. But look how strong they are attached to the nafs. Able to keep awake. <laughs> the amount they would drink would be amazing. I can't drink that much water. Just the pure amount that they drink. 20 liter can, 40 liter can. Allah would give me Too much. Creatures of their nose. And they do it week after week. A uh, two liter, not twenty liter. Two liter, four liter. They do it week after week, month after month. They keep doing it. And if they can't do it, they get sad. <laughs> the happiness is based on this. If for some reason they couldn't fulfill the pleasure of their nafs that weekend, they're sad. They're depressed on Monday. <laughs> they feel the weekend was a failure. So this is a second way of life. There's a third way of life. To make the kalam the imam of our life. This is what Allah Ta'ala sent Deen of Islam, sent all the books and scriptures, sent Anbiya Mursaleen to teach humanity that don't follow your aqal, don't follow your nafs, follow your qalb. Lead a heartfelt life. Live your life for the sake of this heart. Let Allah Ta'ala enable us to follow our qalb and our aqal and nafsim mutmainna. Everything is perfect in me. Aql is salim, nafsim mutmainna, kalbun salim. What is aql? I'm not saying don't think. I'll give you an example. We have eyes, right? But you will, no matter how sharp your vision is, you will never be able to see unless there's light. Either you need natural sunlight, or you will need artificial man-made light. If you don't have light, you will never be able to see, perceive anything no matter how good your eyesight is. So eyes is like the aql. In Qur'an and Sunnah is the light. So Allah Ta'ala sent down wahi Qur'an al-Kareem. Sayyidina Rasulullah in his Sunnah, it's the light, it's nur through which we see. And if a person tries to understand even anything in the world, without the nur of Qur'an and Sunnah, it's like trying to see in the dark. So even the aql, we use it. Allah taught us to use the aqal as tabe to the qal, as following the heart. Then Allah Ta'ala made it easy for us to lead a life in which the qal is imam by making the aqal and the nafs will automatically follow the qal. Give you an example. Remember, aqal is thoughts, nafs is desires, and qal is feelings and emotions. So when the aqal wants to decide what type of thought should I think, it will look at the heart and see what feelings does this person have in their heart. So what's the strongest feeling and emotion a person can have that is love. Hence Allah said in Quran, وَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا أَشَدُّهُمْ بَلَّهُ That those who have imam, they're intensely, extremely intense in their love for Allah SWT. So the aql will see what love does this person have in their heart. If that person has feelings for some ghair mahrab, some unlawful relationship in the opposite gender, 
You understand the Mahna? So the Akal will see that. Akal will follow the heart. So Akal will always be having thoughts about her. Or if it's a woman, will always be having thoughts about him. That's what they will say. That, oh, I'm always thinking about her. I can never get her out of my mind. They like songs. <laughs> they write songs like this. This is their songs. <laughs> I'm always thinking about her. I can never get her out of my mind. Yes, you will never be able to get her out of your mind until you get her out of your heart. Because the uncle is just going to look at what's in the heart. Whatever the feelings in the heart, the uncle will think accordingly. Trick is never let her get in your heart in the first place. How does she get in your heart when you see her? So Allah Ta'ala give Kamal Hidayah, lower your gaze. Don't look. Because if you look, you will notice. If you notice, you will be attracted. And then you will get feelings in your heart. And once you get the feeling for her in your heart, you will never be able to get her out of your mind. Because the akal will follow the heart. On the other hand, let's take another example. Let's say somebody in their heart has the true love. Not this fake, lustful love, false romantic love. No, it has true love. What is true love? True love is love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the uncle will see that. This person will always be thinking about Allah ta'ala. The uncle will see what's in the heart. If it sees in the heart there's love for Allah ta'ala, always having thoughts about Allah ta'ala, that's called dhikr. Allah ta'ala says in the Quran, رِجَالٌ لَا تُنْهِيهِمْ تِجَارَةٌ وَلَا بَيْءٌ أَنْ ذِكْرِ There are such people that even when they're doing business, they're buying and selling, means they're in the dunya, working for the dunya, earning in the dunya, buying, selling, negotiating. <laughs> None of that can distract them from the zikr of Allah Ta'ala at all. Why? Their mind should be thinking about the business and about the trade and about the deal. No, no, no. The mind is always going to see what's in the heart. And this person is real Allah Ta'ala. His love for Allah Ta'ala in the heart, so the mind is still thinking about Allah Ta'ala. Even when they're working. Can you imagine what a day would be? Just imagine one day of your life that when you're at work or shop or business or factory, university or whatever that you do, that all the time, no matter what you did at work or university, for not even one second were you distracted from Allah's Sultanah. Similarly, the nafs also, Allah Ta'ala made us such that the nafs will follow the heart. Kalb is the imam. Nafs will see what's in the heart. So again, if in the heart he had feelings for some non-makram, so nafs will have desires. Nafs will have lust. Nafs will base its desires for whatever is in the heart. He won't be able to control it. <laughs> Because once you let it in the heart, the akal and the nafs will go after it. If in the heart they had love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then nafs has good desires. Desire to pray tahajjud, desire to learn Qur'an al-Kareem, desire to remember to make sunnah du'as, desire to go for umrah, for hajj, makkah, makkah, madinah, manorah. These will be the desires of the nafs. That's called nafs al-matmainna. So it's our choice. Our choice. We want to lead a life following our akal, we want to lead a life following our nafs, or we want to lead a life following our heart. 
And Allah Ta'ala to make it easy for us, created us in such a way that our aql and nafs automatically follow the heart. And then Allah Ta'ala sent down this Qur'an on the heart of the Prophet And then Allah Ta'ala says in Qur'an, that even this Qur'an, إِنَّ فِي ذَلَكَ لَذِكْرًا لِمَنْ كَانَ لَهُ That indeed in this book is a dhikra, is advice, admonishment, warning, guidance. But for who? لِمَنْ كَانَ لَهُ For that person who gives it their heart. We have to give our kalb, spiritual heart to Qur'an. We were telling some friends earlier that there are three parts to the Qur'an. First one is called the wordings of Qur'an. Al-Fad Qur'an. And yes, if you need to correct your pronunciation of the words, that's called Ilm Tajweed. And if you go to somebody and say, I want to learn Tajweed, so they will tell you the best way is you get a teacher. And you have to sit with them and practice and they instruct you and you practice and they instruct you. And if you say, okay, I go to a teacher, how long will it take? So it depends on what your thick American accent like me will take you some time. Depends how long. But say a few months. You say, no, I want to have really good Tajweed. So, okay, then that may take you six months, nine months. Alright? Okay. Second level of Qur'an. That's called the meanings of Qur'an. The meanings of those words. Ma'ani al-Qur'an. So if you say, I want to learn the meanings of Qur'an. So they're ulama, they're called mufassirun. They're the ones who know in depth the meanings of Qur'an. If you were to be able to find one and ask them that I want to know the meanings really well. They say, oh, you have to give me a few years. <laughs> For the words... Wordings, few months. For the meanings, and if you want to really know depth, you say you have to give me a few years. But there's a third part of Qur'an. First is the wordings, second is the meanings, the third is called the feelings of Qur'an. Feelings of Qur'an. You also need a teacher for that. Those are called mashayikh, the ulama of tazkiyah. If you go to them and say, I want to feel everything in Qur'an, they say, oh, it's going to take you a few years. I'll give you proof of Qur'an. Allah Ta'ala says in Qur'an, Al-Rahman, fas'al bihi khabira. Al-Rahman, Allah Ta'ala says, I am Al-Rahman. I am the all-merciful one. Fas'al, you must go ask. If you want to know what impact Allah Ta'ala being Al-Rahman should have on your heart, what that's supposed to make you feel, now that you know that Allah Ta'ala is Al-Rahman, fas'al, you must go ask. Bihi khabira. That person who is khabir, who is deeply aware, deeply informed of what it means that Allah is Ar-Rahman. Allah Ta'ala is guiding us in Qur'an that we must ask. Allah Ta'ala says in Qur'an, Ya ayyuhal ladhina amun attaqullaha wa kunu ma'as sadiqeen. That you must join your being with the sadiqeen. You must join yourself with the people who have the feelings of iman in their heart. So you get the feelings in your heart. But there are different types of hearts. So Allah Ta'ala addressed Qur'an to the heart. Sayyidina Rasulullah he also addressed the hearts of the people. Anybody who's even read few hadith will realize this isn't some rational discussion. Sayyidina Rasulullah did not give a course on comparative religion and prove that Islam was better than polytheism, than shirk. It's not like that. Sayyidina Rasulullah addressed the hearts of the people. And after the Nabiyeen, the Siddiqeen, Sadiqeen, Awliyaullah, they address the hearts of people. Our deen is a deen of heart, heart to heart, heart to heart. Sahaba connected their heart to the heart of Nabi Akreem, 
Tabi'in connected their hearts to the hearts of Sahaba and it keeps continuing. Kunu ma sadiqeen. Everyone has to do amal on this ayah. It's part of Quran. That's a heartfelt relationship. Now some people, some human beings, Allah Ta'ala Quran has described different types of heart. First type of heart is the heart of the person who doesn't have imam. This is called kalamun mayyid, the dead heart. Maybe many things could be atheist, could be polytheist, could be agnostic, could be munafiq. Doesn't have imam. <coughs> so Allah Ta'ala in Quran has mentioned three metaphors of this heart. First, Allah Ta'ala says, لَهُمْ قُلُوبًا يَعْقِلُونَ بِهَا أَوْ يَسْمَعُونَ That if only they had kulub, if only they had hearts, يَعْقِلُونَ بِهَا That they understood things by means of their heart. So even Allah Ta'ala is telling us in Quran that we are not going to understand from our akal. We're supposed to understand يَعْقِلُونَ how through our hearts. Or they had ears to which they would hear the revelation. Heartfelt hearing or heartfelt understanding. But Allah says, no. It's not their eyes that have become blind. It's the hearts in their breasts that have become blind. So obviously I'm talking about the physical heart. This is something else. So Allah talks in Quran about the blind heart. That's the one type of heart mentioned in the Qur'an. Blind heart. Second way Allah Ta'ala mentions this is sealed heart. Sealed heart. Allah Ta'ala says in Qur'an, Allah Ta'ala sets a seal on their hearing. And even they may listen to wahi, but they can't hear it. It doesn't go on their heart. Sealed. We say in Urdu, It's been sealed shut. Allah Akbar. Allah puts veils on their perception. They can't tell anymore. Who in the world can guide them now after Allah has set the seal? Will you not take heed? Will you not realize that we have to be heartfelt people? Okay, now this ayah was about who? So the beginning of this ayah was that same when I recited to you. Do you not gaze in amazement at that person who takes their nafs as their imam? And ulama have given two translations of this. First, that Allah Ta'ala misguides them and Allah Ta'ala knows. Another translation, that Allah Ta'ala misguides that person even though that person had ill. And the ulama used to read this and cry. That even their Allah ilm, they have ilm, but still they follow their nafs. And Allah Ta'ala is making them misguided even though they had ilm. And then despite that, despite they had ilm, but they chose to follow their nafs, Allah that Allah Ta'ala sets a seal on their hearing. That even the things they say, they can't even hear it themselves. Allah sets a sealing on their heart. But still, that's the fear of the ulama that they felt this applied to them. Technically, this verse originally applied to unbelievers. However, another verse, Allah Ta'ala says the same thing, but not for unbelievers. Allah Ta'ala says the Quran, It's same meaning, Allah Ta'ala says a stamp on their heart. On the heart of everyone who has the kabbar, 
Everyone who has arrogance and pride, Allah Ta'ala seals their heart. Jabbar and anyone who uses unlawful force or oppression or on people is hurtful to people. Allah Ta'ala sets a seal on their heart. So it's not just for kufr. What if we have to come Allah Ta'ala said, Allah kulli. There's no exception here. <clears throat> this language is doing the lies, explaining on every kulli kalbi mutakambil. The heart of every person who has the cover will be sealed. So if we have the cover in our heart, hmm, then how are we going to have Kalbun Salim? <laughs> That's why Sayyidina Rasulullah said that no one will be able to enter Jannah if they have even mithqal al one atom's weight of kibber in their heart. They won't be able to go to Jannah. Now who can say, I don't even have one atom's weight? I have no pride whatsoever. Can anybody say that? So we, many of us might have heard this sentence. Now you're surrounded by feelings. We know the words. We know this translation. Nobody wants to generate whether Adam or Adam. When is it going to be our feeling? When is it going to move our heart that I have to do something? I have to remove this tukumbar. I have to feel the cities. I have to be impacted by the cities. That's called feelings. Always remember the people of Sunnah, Sahib of Sunnah, is the person who has Ahawal of the Sunnah. Sunnah is not words and books. You just keep a library. That's not enough. Sahib al-Sunnah is the person who has the feelings of the Sunnah. Has the same feeling of tawakkul that Sayyidina Rasulullah had. Has the feelings of kindness that Sayyidina Rasulullah had. Has the feelings of humility that Sayyidina Rasulullah had. That's Sahib al-Sunnah. Having books and saying words, that's not so difficult. Having the feelings, that's very difficult. Very difficult. But Allah Ta'ala said, لَكَنْ كَانَ لَكُمْ فِي رَسُولِ اللَّهِ أُسْمَةٌ حَسَنًا You have to be like him. We have to feel like him. Third way Allah Ta'ala describes this heart. So first was blind heart. Second was sealed heart. Third way Allah Ta'ala describes it is hard heart. Then their hearts, not their, your hearts became hardened. Became hard. After the disbelief and disobedience they did of Allah Ta'ala. It becomes like rocks or even harder than rocks. Why? Because Allah says, Even sometimes from boulders, spring water, hmm? that we drink, the spring water can come forth. But this person's heart is even harder than a rock. Ya Allah. So what were the three things? Blind heart, sealed heart, and hardened heart. Our now question is, how can I check whether I have this? What are the signs and symptoms? So ulama Mashaikh, they mention that there are some signs of having such a heart. First sign is that this person no longer yearns for Allah Ta'ala. Like Allah Ta'ala says in Quran, There's some people who they yearning to meet Allah. Well, yawm al-akhir, they're yearning for the last day. This person, no, doesn't want He's not missing Allah Ta'ala. He has no longing, yearning. He doesn't have inabat in Allah. And he doesn't think about Akhirah. All the time he's thinking about dunya. All of his plans, hopes, aspirations are all about dunya. What am I going to do next? Where am I going to earn? What's my next plan? If I say, what are you going to do in the next two or three years? It's all going to be dunya. We just keep writing things about dunya. I'm going to do this, I have to do this, I have to do this. Allah is not part of his equation. 
Second sign is that when the kalb is dead, then now guess who takes over? The nafs. When the kalb is blind and sealed and hard, so collectively they call it kalb al-mayyad, dead heart. Now the nafs comes alive. Now the nafs overpowers the person. And now the person says, I didn't know what happened to me. My nafs just overwhelmed me. My nafs became a ghalib on me. My nafs made me do it. I just got uncontrollable desire. I had uncontrollable anger. What happened to you? Why? Why did you get uncontrollable nafs? Sign, this is a sign. The kalm must be dead. The kalm is no longer in its place as imams. The kalm came and the nafs came and sat there. Nafs. And so much the Arabs used to say that this person used to become abdul nafs. Same thing we said earlier, slave of their desires. Slave of their nafs. Sign of that is that when they get this uncontrollable desire, they say, I couldn't resist. This is the excuse they give for the sin. I couldn't resist. I couldn't stop myself. I couldn't stop myself. It means I couldn't stop my nafs. Exactly what Allah says, Inna nafsa la'ammaratum bisu'i. Indeed, that nafs, which is nafsa ammara, not nafs mutman, this nafs, la'ammara is super commanding. Amr is to command, ammar is mubalaga, super commanding, bisu'i to evil. This person is being commanded by his nafs. No, that's the sign the heart is dead. That's the sign the heart is dead. Third sign is they don't feel hesitation in sinning. The only hesitation they will feel is they worry they will get caught or they will get exposed. Otherwise there's no hesitation. Many of us are like that. The only reason we don't sin is because we're scared of being caught. We're scared of the zilla, uh, the humiliation and shame of being a sinner. Actually, no, we were supposed to be scared of Allah SWT. We're supposed to have fear of Allah SWT. How can we tell? The test is that do we sin when we're alone? That's the test. If a person sins when they're alone, it means that they fear everything in the world. They don't fear Allah SWT. Ata ibn Abi Rabah, he was from the Tabi. Ata ibn Abi Rabah, Allah a beautiful sentence he used to say. He said, Oh my friend, when you intend to commit a sin, you close all the doors through which creation can see you. It means you draw the curtains, you close the door, you hide your tracks. You close all the doors through which creation can see you from all the people who can look at you. Is it only Allah that you hold in no esteem? Is it only Allah that you don't care about that He can see me? You make sure that you conceal yourself, secretly do that sin, so no one else will come to know. Are you not at all worried that Allah Ta'ala will come to know? He's the least of your worries. He's the least of your worries. Al-Aman al-Hafiz. He was exactly correct. This is exactly the person who waits to sin when they're alone. That's what it means. Our Mashaikh teaches us that there's no such thing as alone. Because Allah Ta'ala said, Quran, huwa ma'akum, aina ma'akuntum. Allah Ta'ala is with you, wherever you are. So they explain it like this in English, there's no such thing as being alone. Listen carefully. There's no such thing as being alone, 
When you're alone, you're actually one-on-one with Allah. That's alone. Now it's you and Allah Ta'ala one-on-one. That's why Allah Ta'ala said in Quran, مَنْ خَشْيَ الرَّحْمَانَ بِالْغَيْبِ بِالْغَيْبِ When Allah Ta'ala is unseen, what is the feeling they feel? مَنْ خَشْيَ They feel fear. They feel fear. And what attribute were they thinking about? Allah doesn't say مَنْ خَشْيَ الْجَبَّارَ بِالْغَيْبِ No, مَنْ خَشْيَ الرَّحْمَانَ Allah Akbar. Some people think, oh, and I think that Allah Ta'ala is merciful, I don't feel fear. That's not Quran. Feelings of Quran. Allah, the Quran is teaching us how to feel. Man khashir rahman. When you think about Allah Ta'ala's attribute of being al-Rahman, what is the feeling you're supposed to feel? Khashiyah. Khashiyah means fear. Allah Akbar. Imagine if a person feels fear for Allah Ta'ala when they think about him as al-Rahman. How would they feel if they remember his al-Aziz, al-Jabbar, al-Mutakambir, al-Qahar? Imagine how scared that person would be. How much fear they must have in their hearts for Allah Ta'ala. That's called Imam. Man khashir rahmanan bil This is the sign of the dead heart that they don't have that fear. Because the fear also lies in the heart. Fourth sign of the dead heart is they find ibadat amal saleh difficult. Very difficult. If you ask them to read one juz of Quran, difficult. You have to read ten records of Salah, difficult. You have to wake up for Tahanjah, difficult. Wake up for Fajr, difficult. They find Amal, difficult. Say, so watch a movie for two hours, easy. They say, I can watch movie after movie. I can have a movie song. <laughs> you say, can you read Quran for... No, I can't. <laughs> Ask them to wake up for Fajr, difficult. If they have a friend coming from overseas and their flight arrives at 3 and they show up, so if you ask them, oh, you know, 3 a.m., your sleep will be disturbed. He said, no, no, you don't understand, that's my friend. <laughs> you know, when I first came to Norway, he helped me out. He set me up. He's my friend. I have to be there for him. Allah Ta'ala is your friend. <laughs> Allah Ta'ala helped you out. Allah Ta'ala set you up. You can't wake up for fajr. Hmm? And Allah Ta'ala even had to, it's, it's our embarrassment that Allah Ta'ala had to say this through the Mu'adhan, As-salatu khayrun minan Allah is pleading with us <laughs> that Salah is better than sleep. Hmm? We should have been, Ya Allah, what did we do? <laughs> that you have to talk to us like that. Hmm? Hmm? Oh, no, we can't be there for that friend. Ready for the worldly friend, we're there. 3 a.m. we'll show up, 4 a.m. we show up, 2 a.m. we show up, 5 a.m. we show up. It's a sign of a dead heart. Fifth sign of dead heart is they don't like to hear advice from anyone. Sayyidina Rasulullah said, Adil Nasiha. This person, don't give me Nasiha. They don't like it. So the young man who's following his nafs, his heart is dead, he doesn't want to hear it from his parents. His parents tried to explain to him, even gently, even with hikmah, he doesn't want to hear it. He may even reach the point, he tells his parents, look, don't talk to me about this again, or I'm going to leave. I won't stay with you if you talk about this again. What do the parents do? They don't know what to do. So they go to his older brother, and say, look, your brother is your friends, he's fond of you. You explain to him. So the brother gives it a shot. Brother tries to tell him that don't do these things, don't get in these addictions, don't be involved in these relationships. 
He looks at his brother. Why are you talking to me? Don't talk to me. Oh, Akbar. Then he SMSs some friend of his who he just met once at some party. And that friend comes and picks him up and says, just take me away from my home. He gets in the car and says, where do you want to go? Anywhere. Just get me away from here. Allahu Akbar Kabeera. Allahu Akbar Kabeera. Leaving his blood brother, who was his brother for 20 years of his life, leaving his mother, who took care of him when he was a baby, just to get in the car of some friend he met once and go anywhere with him. Doesn't like to hear it from anyone. Doesn't want to hear any nasihat. Allahu Akbar. These were supposed to be signs. That heart is supposed to be the heart of the unbeliever. How many believers have these symptoms? Hmm? How many believers actually have the signs of the dead heart, of the blind heart, of the sealed heart, of the hardened heart? And the second type of kalb. Second type of heart Allah Ta'ala mentioned in Qur'an. That's called Qalbun Mariz. This is the sick heart. Not the dead heart. This is the sick heart. The diseased heart. How does the heart get sick? Through sins. So Allah Ta'ala explained in Qur'an that whenever we make a sin, it's actually the Qalb, the spiritual heart that does the sin. Allah Ta'ala in fact, indeed, it's his heart that was a sinner. So whenever we sin, it's our kalb that sins. Sayyidina Rasulullah, he saw some said in Sayyidah that whenever a person sins, Allah Ta'ala puts a stain on their kalb. Stain. Gets dirty. Gets diseased. Gets corroded. Gets rusted. So rusted, corroded, sinning, diseased heart. Fi that they have a malad, a disease in their heart. These are the words Allah Ta'ala uses. So sinning heart, rusted heart, diseased heart, sick heart. Now, if we have a physical sickness, what do we do? We get to cure. We look for a doctor and we take medicine. When we have spiritual sickness, we don't do anything. This is a problem. Let me give you an example. One physical sickness, and let's say imagine a person's tongue loses its sense of taste. Even just one sense, it can't taste sweetness anymore. It still tastes hot, cold, sour, bitter. Just one thing, they can't taste any more sweetness. So they go to a doctor. And they say, doctor, you know, I eat sugar and I can't taste the sweetness anymore. I'm sick. I need you to cure me. Imagine the doctor told them, let's say they went to a Muslim doctor. And then I told him, oh brother, you should do shukr, mashallah, at least your heart is working, kidney is working, lungs is working, you're fine. Don't worry about it. You just live the rest of your life with a tongue that can't taste sweetness. He would say, doctor, <laughs> I need to be able to taste sweetness. This is the problem. I need you to cure me. Okay, let's say doctor tries, he can't cure you. Maybe you may go to, in our countries, you would go to homeopathic, herbal medicine, you may go to Chinese acupuncture tell them, put needles in my tongue if you have to. Cure me. I need to taste the sweetness. Right? This is how attitude, when we get physically sick, even slightly, we go straight for the cure. Now let me show you spiritual sickness. You can't taste the lazat of salah. to the dhikri, but establish the salah for my dhikr. You don't remember Allah Ta'ala in salah. 
Do you know how sick that heart must be? You did wudu. It's like you poured a bottle of honey. You said, Allahu Akbar. You poured so many spoons of sugar. You recited Surah Fatiha. You poured so many more spoons of sugar. You went all the way down into sajda. And then still you say, I don't feel anything in my salah. I'm not able to remember Allah Ta'ala's salah. I have all types of random thoughts in my salah. When are we going to worry about that? When are we going to view that as a sickness? If the tongue can't taste the sweetness of dessert, we call ourselves sick. And our ruh, our qalb, cannot taste the lazat of ibadah, the sweetness, the pleasure of ibadah. When are we going to realize that's sick? If you're physically sick, what's the worst thing that can happen? You can die. Worst case. Death is inevitable. You cannot avoid death. However, if you're spiritually sick, what's the worst thing that can happen? You can go to Jahannam. Jahannam is avoidable. Death is unavoidable. So spiritual sickness is more important to cure than the physical sickness. And then what happens, Allah Ta'ala said in the Quran, if a person has a sickness and they don't cure it, what does it mean? So lust, you can't control your gaze, you have to cure it. You have to do tazkiyah. That indeed only that person is successful will have falah. Man zakkaha who does tazkiyah of their nafs. You have to clean it, you have to polish it, you have to scrub it. If a person says, no, this is the way I am. Don't try to cure it. Then what happens? Fazaduhumullahu marada. And Allah Ta'ala will increase them in their disease. Let them untreated. They don't try to cure it. They don't try to fix their prayer. They'll get more distraction in prayer. They don't try to fix their istikamah. They'll do miss more fajr. They don't try to control their gaze. They'll fall more to the sin of lust. Fazaduhumullahu marada. Why weren't they taking care of their heart? And doctors will tell you the heart, physical heart is the most critical. It's called critical illness. So if our cold spiritual heart is diseased, that's also critical illness. That's also critical illness. What's the sign that a person has the diseased heart? Sign number one is that they go back and forth. Sometimes they behave as if they're awliya rahman, the friends of Allah Ta'ala. And sometimes they do things that make them appear like they're awliya shaitan, they're the friends of shaitan. This maraz sometimes it surges. It's like a dormant illness that sometimes appears. And they do despicable sins, heinous sins. And then other times they're fun, and they're praying salah, and they're being nice to people. But in other times they have the sickness. Going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And remember what this also won't be successful. We can't live like this. Because if we live like this, we'll be raised on the day of judgment like this. And Allah Ta'ala said in the Quran, إِلَّا مَنْ أَتَ اللَّهَ بِقَلْبٍ سَلِيمٍ What are the diseases of the heart? Lust, anger, Greed means hubb dunya materialism, love for the world, hasad, envy and jealousy, bulls, ghil, malice, spite, bad feelings towards a fellow Muslim. And ujub, kibr, takabbar, arrogance, pride, vanity, conceit, these are all diseases of the heart. If a person had one type of physical cancer, 
you would be so much compassion towards them. Imagine somebody came to you and told you, I have liver cancer, I have lung cancer, I have blood cancer, I have multiple sclerosis, hmm? I have leukemia. You would say, oh my God, Ya Allah! <laughs> you have so much mercy on them. Hmm? So me and you are carrying all five types of spiritual cancer. I have lust, I have envy, I have love for world, I have arrogance. It's like having four, five, six types of spiritual cancer. Hmm? How, how worthy of mercy is that person? Allahu Akbar. Alhamdulillah, there's one other type of kalb mentioned in Quran. Kalbun Salim. Kalbun Munib. Abdun Munib. This is the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is the third way. <laughs> Same thing with nafs. Nafs Ambara, Nafs Lawama, Nafs Mutmainna. Same thing. Three categories. <laughs> now this person has Kalbun Salim. What does it mean? It means his heart is salim, his heart is free from the unlawful feelings. Heart is free from unlawful attraction to non-mahrum. Heart is free from humbad dunya. Heart is free from ujjab, love for the self. These are the three major unlawful loves. First is unlawful attraction, feeling, romance, interest in air mahrum. Some people may have it for one particular person. Some people have this chronic disease. Just for the whole gender. Yes. Anyone, any stranger, picture, image, anything. They're willing to give up their iman. And some people have the problem with just one particular one. Haram relationship. Kalbun Salim now. Kalbun Salim is free from this. Salim and Salim. Pure and pristine. Free from this. Allah Akbar. This is our problem. That our heart isn't free from these unlawful loves. Next love Sayyidina Rasulullah said, Hubbud dunya Hub. Living in the world, fine. Earning the world, fine. Attaining the world, fine. Achieving in the world, fine. Accomplishing the world, fine. Loving the world, nothing. Hubbud dunya. Love for the dunya, Rasukulli is the source of all mistake, error, sin, evil. How do we know if we have this love? The first love anybody can tell whether you have love for non-mahram in your heart. You can check that yourself. Sometimes people don't realize that they have love for dunya. They think they don't, but they do. How to check? The way to check whether you have mahamba, love for dunya, is to check do you have hasrat for dunya. Hasrat means do you have longing? Do you feel bad if you were left out, that you miss out on dunya? For example, if somebody comes to you and says, that, oh, you know, five years ago, construct an example, I don't know if it'll work so well in Norway, but somebody comes to you and says that five years ago, you know, I bought some land in the country outside of Bergen because I heard that they were going to build some shopping mall there and I bought it for whatever, $10,000. And now, alhamdulillah, it's $100,000. So you look at your friend and say, oh, why didn't you tell me? Why didn't you share this with me? If you had told me, I would have also done such a deal like that. Hey, the two of you part ways, but you keep thinking about it. Now you're longing. It's Oh, I wish I had done that deal. 
I would have also made $100,000. You came home, you tell your wife, and your wife says, yes, I've been telling you, you're a foolish man. This is what I've been telling you for years. You can't, you're no good, you're good for nothing. Right? You get no comfort over there from wife. Huh? Well, huh? So you have hasa. At night you're thinking about it. At night you're thinking about it. For a few days you can't get this sadness out of your heart. That's sign that you love the dunya. Compare this. Friend comes to you and says, Five years ago, I heard hadith of Sayyidina Rasulullah about praying at time of the hajjud and that Allah Ta'ala accepts du'as. Hal min sail. Is there anyone asking of me? Allah Ta'ala says that I may grant it to them. Hal min mustaghfir. Anybody seeking maghfir to me that I may forgive them. I heard the hadith five years ago and alhamdulillah ever since then I prayed the You won't feel hasrat. You won't tell that person. No, why didn't you tell me? Why didn't you share with me? No. What were your response be? Oh, mashallah. Brother, make dua for me also at times. That's it. That's all you'll say. And then you move on with your good life. Yes? Now we may laugh, right? I mean, because I'm also saying it slightly lightly. But this is very heavy stuff. Hmm? We don't feel sad when we miss out on deen. But we feel sad when we miss out on dunya. That's a sign that we love the dunya. That's the test. This is what our Mashaik teaches. Some people ask, you know, what is Tazkiya? What do these Mashaik teach? I'm sharing with you what our Mashaik teaches. Otherwise, how would you know whether you have Hubbadani or not? These ulama of Tazkiya, they dedicated their life to purifying people. Sayyidina Rasulullah Sallallahu The ulama are the heirs of the prophets. And one of the functions of the prophet was use the kihim, that he did Tazkiya. So there's some ulama who specialize in that. This is how they teach us. Otherwise, I would have never figured out in my life that did I love dunya or not. Maybe I would have patted myself on the back and said, no, you don't love dunya. When I realized this, this is a new definition. <laughs> if you miss it, it means you love it. If you feel bad when you miss out on it, it means you love it. person misses Fajr, does he cry? He doesn't cry. Look at our state. We miss Fajr. I give example of Fajr or Kakhair. Fajr is part if a person misses out on Fajr, does the da of Fajr, they don't cry. In fact, what I've observed in people, let's say they wake up at 7 a.m. They woke up late, right? They missed Fajr. And they have to go to work. Now they have two choices. They're running late for work even. Now they have two choices. Either they make wudu right now and make up that Fajr, or they have their breakfast. They don't have enough time for both. 99% of people who miss Fajr, they choose the breakfast. And they think to themselves, that how will I be able to last all day without my breakfast? How in the world are you going to last all day without the barakah of Fajr? When are you going to ask yourself that question? When are you going to understand that? We just focus on the material. They'll choose their breakfast and say, okay, I'll make it up later. Many times that later doesn't even come. They don't make it up later. The whole 24 hour finishes and they didn't make it up. That means we don't have love from the Swantala. Sign of love is when you miss out, when you miss it, you feel bad that you missed out on it. The real Salihin, you know, they used to cry when they missed the Hajjad. Forget Fajr. If they missed the Hajjad, they woke up at the sound of Adhan or Fajr, they would start crying. Did I miss this golden chance? <laughs> Allah Ta'ala was 
calling out in the last third of the night that he's going to listen to du'as and I wasn't there, I didn't show up at the time of death, they would start crying. This real Salahim Muttaqeen, they cry when they miss the hundred, we don't shed a tear when we miss the hundred. This is a sign that we don't have this love. These are signs we don't have Qabun Salim. How to get this Qalbun Salim? Most important thing. So Sayyidina Rasulullah mentioned some things. In one hadith, the Prophet said, Man ahamba lillah, wa amghada lillah, wa ata'a lillah, wa mana'a lillah, faqad istakmal al-imam. That that person who loves for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they love what Allah ta'ala loves. They love what Allah Ta'ala has allowed them to love. They love whoever Allah Ta'ala wants them to love. That's called Qalbun Salim now. All their loves are for the sake of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. If they dislike anything in this world, it's only because Allah Ta'ala dislikes it. Allah Ta'ala doesn't dislike sinners. He just dislikes the sin. So they also don't dislike sinners. They just dislike the sin. Whatever Allah Ta'ala doesn't like, they don't like it. It means they have none of their own personal wishes anymore. That, oh, I don't like this, or I like that. Nothing like that. Allah likes this, I like this. Allah doesn't like this, I don't like this. That's called Qalbun Salim. Anything they give, they give only for the sake of the pleasure of Allah SWT. They're not trying to get fame, popularity, name, prestige, no. Anything they do is for the sake of Allah SWT. And if they ever refrain from something or stop others from something, it's only for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then Nabi Kareem sallallahu in a beautiful days, one sahaba, he asked the Prophet about this verse. Literally the question was, what are the alamat of Qalbun Salim? What are the signs of Qalbun Salim? Sayyidina Rasul responded, At-tajafi al-ghurur. At-tajafi al-ghurur means that your heart becomes weary, it tires of this world. This world is called Darul this world of abode of deceit, abode of deceptions. We would say, Urdu bil dunya sitang, tang, and dunya sitno mu'min. Huh? The world is like a prison for the believer. Again, it's not about the words, it's about the feelings. This is why sometimes university students they wonder why did the Sahaba didn't write the Hadith. Because that wasn't the purpose. You think the Prophet would say this, kafir. And Sayyidina Abu is going to write it down and come back to the Prophet tomorrow and say, look, I wrote it. The Prophet would say, give me that paper. Put it away. Don't write it. Live your life feeling like this. That's why I told you the sentence. I didn't tell you the sentence to memorize it or write it or put it in wordings or make a book out of it. I told you the sentence, bring me that life that is lived with a heart that feels that this world is a prison for the believer. Deen is about feelings. That's called Zayn Sunnah. How many of us feel like that? That the world is a prison for us. This is a sign of Qalbun Sadeen. They want to go to Akhra. They're not interested in the world. You know, if you travel sometimes, you go through a fancy airport. Nobody thinks, okay, let me leave home and let me live in the airport. Nobody thinks like that. Because they know I'm just traveling through. It can be the most fancy somebody's countries. Even your Oslo airport is pretty fancy. The Bay Airport, very fancy airports. But nobody thinks, okay, I'll just stay here. <laughs> right? They don't get attracted by the beauty, glamour, glitz. This is a feeling. 
So the sentence. How many hearts feel like that? We think we follow Hadith. Not following Hadith. You have to feel Sunnah. You have to feel the Sunnah. Next thing the Prophet said. And all of their yearning is for Darul Khulud means the everlasting abode. Means Akhirah. They want to make a home in Akhirah. You know what sometimes people, they say funny things. When they get, even they're older people. And they say, no, I'm worried that what's going to happen to my kids after I die? I'm worried what's going to happen to my kids after I die? Our Mashaik, they teach, don't say that. You should say this. I'm worried what's going to happen to my kids after they die. Why are you so worried about what's going to happen to them in this dunya after you die? You should be worried what's going to happen to my kids in Akhirah after they die. That's worrying for your children. You see the difference? That's Kalbun Our Mashaik, they teach us that we have not been sent to this world to live a good life. Listen carefully. We have not been sent to this world to live a good life. We've been sent to this world to die a good death. The person who dies a good death, hmm? What's dying of a death of Allah described in the Qur'an? Ya ayyutahan nafsul mutma'inna This is how the person leaves. When does he get azan for salah? This person is getting a type of azan for mawt. Allah is calling out to him. Ya ayyutahan nafsul mutma'inna irji inji'i ila rabbiki radiyatam mardiyam Now come back. Return to your love. Allah Akbar. Can you imagine a person who dies like that? Allah Ta'ala loves him so much, Allah Ta'ala says, just come back. You are pleased with me and I am pleased with you. Allah Akbar. Then when a person is raised on the Day of Judgment, Tahiyyatuhum yawma yalqawnuhu salam. Allah Ta'ala says in the Quran that when they raise on the Day of Judgment, they're greeting on that day. For other people it's yawm al-qiyamah, yawm al-hisab. For this person, yawm al-yalqawnuhu, it's yawm al-liqah. It's described to this person the day they meet Allah. That's what Day of Judgment is for them. Tahiyyatuhum yawma yawkawnuhu salam. They get salam from Allah. They died a good death. They died a good death. That's what we want. We're not here to live a good life. Hmm? How many years can you live a good life anyway? Hmm? What can you do? How big a house can you get? Hmm? It's not going to go with you in the grave. Hmm? Nothing's going to go with you in the grave. It's our deeds, our a'mal, our actions, our feelings will go in front of Allah And third thing the Biyah Kareem also mentioned in this hadith, that this person is prepared for death before death comes. I put it in simple English. They are ready for death even before death is ready for them. Allah they are ready for death even before death is ready for them. How many of you and me are ready? Hmm? We're nowhere near ready. We're nowhere near ready. What have we done so far in our life? Hmm? What do we have to show in our book of deeds? Where is that passion for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that worship for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? So there are many signs Many signs. Two major feelings I will tell you. 
love for Allah and fear of Allah. Love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You need both. It's not possible to only love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's not enough. Only loving Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala may help us stay away from 80% of sin, 90% of sin. We have to have fear of Allah ta'ala also. Allah ta'ala says in the Quran, مَنْ خَافَ مَقَامَ رَبِّهِ وَنَهَا النَّفْسَ عَنِ الْهَوَى We translate the second part, وَنَهَا النَّفْسَ عَنِ الْهَوَى Who can stop their nafs? There was the other one, huh? who was taking their hawa as their god. This is another type of person. نَهَا النَّفْسَ عَنِ الْهَوَى Other end. Stops their nafs. Not slave to their nafs. Not overpowered by the nafs. The nafs tries to make them feel less. نَهَا النَّفْسَ عَنِ الْهَوَى They stop it. Who can do that? Not from love, from fear. Man khafa. Man khafa. That person who feels fear for Allah Ta'ala, they will be able to stop their nafs. What is it that they're afraid of? Maqam al-Bihi. They're afraid of that day, that time when they will be standing in front of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. And they stand in front of their Rabb. They think about that. They don't look at the here and now that I will get this pleasure, I will feel this feeling of enjoyment. They don't look at that. They fear Allah Ta'ala, they think of that day when they will be made to stand in front of Allah Ta'ala وَنَحَنْ نَفْسَ عَنِ الْهَوَى And they stop their nafs. They prevent their nafs from following its desire. With love for Allah Ta'ala and fear of Allah Ta'ala, these two big feelings will give a person this Qalbun Salim. Last thing for today then is some practical steps how to get this Qalbun Salim. There should be some process, some steps, something we can do to get this Qalbun Salim. First thing is to allow the Qur'an. We must read Qur'an al-Kareem. Qur'an is like the food for the heart. Food al-Qulub, it's the riza, it's the nourishment for the hearts. It's not possible that we have a life empty of Qur'an and we have Qalbun Salim. Not possible. And to get the hidayah of Qur'an, you need to get ill knowledge of Qur'an, that you have to get from the ulama. But to get the nur of Qur'an, you have to do your own tilawat. وَرَتِّلِ الْقُرْآنَ tartila. You must read the Arabic, Qur'an al-Arabiya, not translation. There's no nur in that. You will get shifa. Allah says the Qur'an is shifa for kulub. How is that shifa? From following its hidayah and also just even by reading it. Just reading Qur'an. So we have to become people of recitation of Qur'an. Second, we have to make the zikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala said in Qur'an, Ya ayyuhal ladheena amalu kurullaha zikran kathira. That all you who believe, you must remember Allah Ta'ala excessively. Kathir, excessively. Why? A little zikr won't work. Allah Ta'ala describes munafiqeen. How do they pray? La yathkuruna Allah illa qalila. They don't remember Allah Ta'ala except a little bit. That our salah like the salah of the munafiq, that we only have the zikr al-kalil, or is our salah like the salah of the mu'min, that we have zikr al-kathir? should check. Check our salah. So we have to make more and more zikr. It has an effect on the heart. Allah Ta'ala said in Quran, Allah bi dhikri Can come. It's all over Quran. We have to work on this come. We're not even aware, some of us. Some young man never even knew that I had a cult. I've met young believers like that. 
didn't even know there was such a thing called kalb. Didn't even know I have a spiritual heart. Allah Akbar. So Allah Allah means only be well informed. Allah be be very well informed that only in the zikr of Allah Taala will the heart find it minan. Your nafs might find it minan in sin. Your uncle might find it minan reading the newspaper. But your kal, your spiritual heart, that will only find it minan in the remembrance of Allah Taala. Third is to follow the sunnah of Sayyidina Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. He is the real uswat of hasana is his heart. Allah Ta'ala sent two incredible things to us. A pure book, Qur'an al-Kareem, and a pure heart, Sayyidina Rasulullah Sallallahu Both things will purify us. So to follow the sunnah, yes, it means we have to follow the sunnah outwardly also, but we also have to follow the inward sunnah. To follow the sunnah heart of the Prophet The more we follow the sunnah of Nabi Kareem sallam, the more we will have kalbun sunni. The farther we are from the sunnah, the farther we'll be away from kalbun sunni. Some people have this misunderstanding about sunnah, and that is that they think that sunnah is only sunnah. They say it's just sunnah. Sometimes they talk to us like that. But oh brother, it's only sunnah. Why do you stress it so much? So this is incorrect. It's not the way a person talks about Sayyidina Rasulullah Let me translate for you what you're saying when you say this sentence, it's only sunnah. What are you saying? That means you're saying it's only Nabiya Kareem He's only my Nabi. Is there any more important person in your life than that person who you chose to accept as a prophet? What does it mean to take somebody as a Nabi? It means everything and anything he does is for you. <laughs> That's what it means. It's not just a friend. He's our Nabi. We accepted him to be our Nabi, our Rasul. He is the Imam of our life. How can we say that sentence? It's only Sunnah. That's <laughs> a crazy way of thinking. Crazy. What else is there in this life of value except the fact that Allah gifted us with the sunnah of Sayyidina Rasulullah The most incredible thing Allah Ta'ala has made is the sunnah. More incredible than the black hole, than the galaxy, than the atom, than anything in the world. The most incredible thing Allah Ta'ala made is the sunnah of Sayyidina Rasulullah And you know when you go to a master designer, you go to an architect, and you ask them, I want to know how good an architect you are. So you'll say, okay, I made 4, 5, 10, 50 buildings, but there's one building that's my masterpiece. What does it mean? That he just designed the inside? No. Masterpiece means he designed the outside and the inside both. The exterior, the interior design, every fixture, every column, every doorknob, every tile was selected by him. He said, that's my masterpiece creation. Just like that, the sunnah of Sayyidina Rasulullah is the masterpiece creation of Allah subhanahu wa Everything was designed by Allah Ta'ala, the outer, the inner, everything. This is the understanding of That's why they compiled works on Shamayl, the way the Prophet walked, the way he talked, the way he ate, the way he looked, the way he dressed, the way he spoke, his adab, his character, his dahir, his batin, everything is sunnah. It's a great mistake to think that the outer form doesn't matter. In the dunya, the outer form matters. 
If you buy a new car and I scratch it, and then I tell you that, brother, the engine is fine. What matters is what's on the inside. Will you say, okay, you're correct? Or will you be angry with me? Hmm? Will you accept that logic that what matters is what's on the inside? Hmm? You will never accept that. You will be so angry with me that I scratched your car. And the young men, mashallah, they love their car so much. Hmm? They go down on their hands and knees and scrub the tires. They are just going to go over Najasa in a few hours anyway. Hmm? So if you don't think anybody can scratch your car, how can you scratch the sunnah? Hmm? Is the sunnah less valuable to you than a car? Everything in this world, the outer and inner matters, it's just the sunnah that you come up with this idea that no Allah Ta'ala only designed the heart of the Prophet Allah Ta'ala designed every single thing about the Prophet Everything is sunnah. Yes, the inner sunnah is more valuable than the outer sunnah. But at the same time, the outer sunnah is easier to do. Our Mashaikh teaches that you should follow the outer sunnah and then make dua that Ya Allah, I've done the naql. I've adopted the outward resemblance. Now Allah, you give me the asl. You give me the real adab and akhlaq of the Prophet so the more close we are on sunnah, the more we will have kalbun sunnah. Now I will just recite two verses, so you get some hope. There is two verses in the Quran that give us great hope. That we still have a chance that we can get this kalbun sunnah. Verse number one. Allah Ta'ala says in the Quran, وَعْلَمُوا أَنَّ اللَّهَ يَهُولُ بَيْنَ الْمَرْءِ وَقَلْبِهِ That know that Allah Subhanahu Ta'ala it's hard to translate this literally, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, His will is between a person and their kalb. Means He's muqallibul qulub. He can change a person's heart. Allah ta'ala is there between a person and their heart. It's figurative. It means Allah ta'ala's hukam, His amr, His command, His hidayah, His rahmah, His fazl, His karam, all of it can come on our heart. Alhamdulillah. So it means it's not like we have to make this kalb kalbi salim. We have to just make dua to Allah Ta'ala that Allah, you said that your, your power is right there. You send your hidayah. You send your rahmah. You send your fazl. You purify my heart. And in the second verse, this is what the hope Allah Ta'ala gives us. And we recited to you earlier today, وَمَن يُؤْمِن بِاللَّهِ يَهْدِ قَلْبَهُ that whosoever has iman in Allah Ta'ala, Allah Ta'ala sends hidayah on their kalb. And that hidayah, the nur of that hidayah, the power of that hidayah makes our kalb better, makes our kalb sunnah. That's why we always ask, ihdina, ihdina sirat mustaqeem, ihdina, always making for dua for hidayah. So these verses give us hope that Allah Ta'ala, if we have iman in you, you will send hidayah on our heart. If we make tawbah to you, you will send your maghfirah and your rahmah on our heart. It's from Allah Ta'ala's hidayah and Allah Ta'ala's maghfirah that we will get kalbun sunni. And Allah Ta'ala is al-hadi, always sending hidayah. And he's al-ghafar, always sending maghfirah. And he's al-rahman, always sending rahmah. So you have great hope. All we have to do is present this kalb to Allah Ta'ala. So tonight what can we do then in an instant? We can make tawbah and we can make irada. 
We can make tawbah that, Ya Allah, I beg your forgiveness for all the sins I ever did, all the stains that came in my heart, all of my neglect, all of my laziness, I make tawbah, everything. And irada means, and we can make an intention for the future, that, Ya Allah, in the future, I want to live my life for your raza, for your pleasure, to follow the sunnah of your beloved messenger, sallallahu and I'm committed now to doing tazkiyah of my kalb. I want to clean this heart. I want to soften the hard heart. I want to awaken the dead heart. I want to cure the diseased heart. I want every sinful thought or feeling to come out of my heart. I make a commitment to my tazkiyah. So Allah said in Quran, Tubu illallahi jami'a ayyuhal mu'minun la'allukum tuflihun. Tubu illallah make tawbah to Allah ta'ala jami'a. All together. Ayyuhal mu'minun, all believers. La'allukum tuflihun. So you may be successful in that tawbah. So the ulama wrote that you can make tawbah alone also. In your heart. So why in this verse Allah ta'ala said to make tawbah together. And why is this going to give us falah? La'allukum tuflihun. So the ulama said that because when we make tawbah in a group, and we make dua in a group, that even if one person was true in that tawbah, then Allah Ta'ala's mercy comes down and then everybody's tawbah is accepted. That's why Allah Ta'ala wants us to make it jami'ah as a group. So we should end then today's talk by making tawbah together, making dua together, begging Allah Ta'ala together that He send His mercy on us. Make dua Forgive us for the sins that we did in the day. Forgive us for the sins that we did at night. Forgive us for the sins that we did publicly. Ya Rabbi Kareem, forgive us for the sins that we did secretly. Ya Allah, forgive us for the sins that we did with our eyes. Forgive us for the sins that we did with our minds. Forgive us for the sinful feelings we had with our hearts. Ya Rabbi Kareem, forgive us for the sinful words that we said with our tongues. Ya Allah, forgive us for the sinful actions and deeds we did with our bodies. Ya Allah, remove the sin. Erase the sin. Erase the memory of sin. Remove the temptation of sin. Ya Allah, protect us from the opportunities of sin. Keep us away from the gatherings of sin and Ya Rabbi Kareem Rabbi Gfir Walham Wa Anta Khairul Rahimeen Ya Allah forgive us Ya Allah Walham have mercy on us that the distance that came between us and you because of our sin remove that distance Ya Allah make it fa'inni kareeb once again make it wa nahnu aqrabu ilayhi once again let us feel your qurb Ya Allah you said in Quran huwa ma'akum ayna ma'akuntum let us feel your ma'iyyat Ya Allah let us always remember that you are our companion that you are our watcher you are al-basir you are al-khabir you are al-alim let us remember this every second of our life Ya Allah we too want to have the feelings of Quran give us the feeling of Man Rahman and when we are alone in the middle of the night when we are alone on the screen let us remember you Ya Allah let us turn to you Ya Allah let us have the lazat of ibadah the sweetness of ibadah you know, make us the most attractive thing to us in this world your obedience and worship make the most enjoyable pleasure to us in this world your obedience and worship you know, protect us from the unlawful pleasures of this 
world, disincline our heart from the unlawful things of this world, put in our heart an attraction for all the lawful things in this world. Ya Rabbi Kareem, take out all the unlawful loves from our heart, the unlawful lust from our heart, the unlawful romance from our heart, and Ya Allah put in our heart a love for you, a love for Quran, love for Deen Islam, love for Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, a love for his seerah, love for his sunnah, love for his sahaba, love for the siddiqeen, love for the shuhada, love for the salihin, love for all mu'mineen, and make us firm on this love, unite us on this love, let us live on this love, let us die on this love, let us be raised in the day of judgment as beloved Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, and the mutahabuna fillah, let us be raised in this love, Ya Nabi Kareem, accept our hearts on this night, Ya Nabi, we have no great deeds to present to you, no good actions to show you. We've come to you with a broken heart. We came here seeking you, Ya Allah. Allahumma inna nas'aluka minka anta, Ya Allah. Minka kurbaka, Ya Allah. Allahumma inna nas'aluka hubbaka wa hubba man yuhibbuk wa hubba amalin alladhi yukarribuna ilayk. Ya Rabbi Kareem, make us closer to you, make us near to you, make us beloved to you, make us loyal to you. Ya Rabbi Kareem, grant us haya, Ya Allah. Grant all the women the haya that resemble Sayyidina Maryam radiallahu ta'ala anha. Grant all of us men the haya that resemble Sayyidina Yusuf alayhi salam. You, know, you mentioned these beautiful stories in Quran. We failed to learn. We failed to understand. You know, we are begging you, Ya Allah. You are the Muzaki Hakiki. If you send your fuzzle on us, your rahmah on us, we will become pure. You know, for you, you just have to say, Kun, and then Fayakun. You have know, a decree for us, Taqwa. Decide for us, Taqwa. Gift for us, Taqwa. Ordain for us, Taqwa. You have know, be Kareem, issue your command, Kun, and then Fayakun, we will become Muttaqeen. Make it easy for us, Ya Allah. Accept us for this deen. Accept our children for deen. Accept our families for deen. Accept all of our descendants into Yawmuddin for this deen, Ya Rabbi Kareem. You know, we make door for the Ummah, Ya Allah. You know, send your special mercy on the Ummah, especially when those of our believer, friendly believers who are oppressed, Ya Allah, who are needy, Ya Allah, the Madlumin, the Muta'athireen, send your khususi rahmah on them, your special fuzzle on them, and accept us for the khidmat of this Ummah, accept us for the khidmat of Mu'mineen, Ya Rabbi Kareem, let us be people of shukr for all the bounties and blessings you have given us, the izzat you have given us, the sehat that you have given us, the risk that you have given us, and that protect us from being ungrateful, make us appreciative, make us Shakirin, make us from the Shakirin. Let us use all these bounties only in your obedience, only for your worship within the Sharia. Ya Allah, protect us from Ya Allah misusing your blessings. Protect us, Ya Allah, from being un- ungrateful for your blessings. Make us amongst the Shakirin, make us amongst the Sabirin. Ya Allah, anyone who has any difficulty, Ya Allah, ease their difficulties, remove their worries. And those of us who are only worried because of our own nafs, our own laziness, Ya Allah, Remove this laziness, Ya Rabbi Kareem. Fix our nafs, Ya Allah. So many times before, Ya Rabbi Kareem, we also made niya that we wanted to be true to you. But then our nafs overcame us. Our nafs dragged us back to sin. Ya Allah, make it easy for us, Ya Allah. Rescue us from this nafs umana. Save us from this nafs umana. Grant us nafs mutmina. Grant us itminani kalm. Ya Allah, make us pure again. Grant us that kalm salim again. Restore us to fitr to salim again. And the day of judgment, Ya Allah, send your rahmah upon us, 
send your mercy upon us. Get, cast your gaze of mercy on us on that day and admit us also into Jannah. You know, save us from the fire of Jahannam. Grant us the Jannah. Grant us Jannah for those with the Anbiya, with Nabi Kareem Sallallahu We could not be his Sahaba in this world. We want to be his Sahaba in Akhirah, Ya Allah. Make us, make us his companion in Jannah. Make us his follower in Jannah. Make us his Khadim in Jannah. Grant us admission into Jannah only out of your mercy, Ya Allah. It is your Rahmah. Your Karam, we have no deeds, but you are Rahman, you are Rahim, you are Kareem, you are Zufadl and Adeem. You have to send your Fazl and Karam upon us, Ya Allah. Accept our du'as on this day. Accept all the heartfelt du'as of all of those here today. Put Barakah in our homes, put Barakah in our wealth, put Barakah in our health, put Barakah in our time. And Allah, most of all, put Barakah in our deen. Let every Salah have an effect on us, every du'a have an effect on us, every ayah Quran have an effect on us, every hadith have an effect on us, put a ta'thir in deen, an athir in deen, a power in deen, change our life, Ya Rabbi Kareem, accept our life, Ya Rabbi Kareem. Rabbana takamma minna innaka anta al-sameer areem, wa tubu alayna innaka anta al-tawab al-raheem, wa sallallahu ta'ala ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'een, bi rahmatika ya arhamar rahimeen.